Okay, so one of my most crazy fears is tails without fur on them, such as rats or opossums. Like if somebody were to just put it like on my hand or something, I'd freak the f out. They kind of make me feel nauseous. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Your Weirdest Fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins. That was Alyssa Boss, who skeeved about slimy-looking tails. I got news for you, Alyssa. It's not the whole tail, but the whole doggone body of that thing. But we'll talk about that later. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Each week, we're tackling a different submitted fear. We keep it light while digging into how realistic these fears are, why they exist, and how to survive them, if they can actually happen, or in this case, if you see any nasty hairless tails. If you're in the city, you probably deal with rats, and if you're in the suburbs or country, you've probably seen your share of possums. Oh, just the sound of it coming out of my mouth is scary. Why are we so creeped out by their tails? Should we actually be impressed by the way they use them to survive? <laughs> <laughs> For that, we're turning to urban rodentologists. Yes, that is a thing. Dr. Robert Corrigan is joining us. Dr. C. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Let me just give you some ground rules first and foremost. If you're planning to hold up a rat anytime during this, <laughs> this podcast, you let me know because never mind the tales. I'm scared of the whole thing. And if you hold one up, I'm going to run out of here like a first grader. I'll just tell you that right up front. I promise not to do that. I have one standing by. You're kidding. Seriously. I do. It's a stuffed rat. Oh, my goodness. Dr. C, do you have children and a wife and all of that? I have a wife, and she's very tolerant of me and my rats. As long as I don't put them into the freezer, we're cool. <laughs> so how long have you been playing with rats, sir? So rats have been my pretty much my entire career, ever since graduate school, way back when in college. And so now I'm in probably 33 years of studying rats as a scientist. And you used to stay with rats. You used to sleep in barns and all of that, I understand, to, I guess, to acclimate yourself to their environment. I did, Larry. I had a great major professor, and when I first started my studies, he said, you know what, the best way to do this, full immersion. You need to move into some buildings with wild live rats, camp out, and take notes. Okay, so there's this Alyssa who says she's freaked out over the tail, anything that doesn't have hair on a tail. And when I first got that, the producer, Femi Redwood, sent it to me and says, yeah, she's afraid of any animal with a hairless tail. You know, it can go off into all kinds of directions when you say that. I mean, it gets all <laughs> kinds of things, but we can't say it during the family hour. Nonetheless, what is it about the tail that scares us about these things? You know, it's an interesting psychological thing with human beings. But in general, the tail, especially on rats, and by the way, they do have some hair on that tail. It's just sparse. But probably what is about the tail is it drags behind them. And in the night, when someone sees a rat that's active during the night, you've got this snake-like looking thing. Sometimes it's light colored dragging out of their back end as they move about. And so it just kind of freaks us out a little bit to see something that's like a snake attached to a rodent that's active in the dark shadows of the night. The whole thing is freaky. I admit it. So I'm going to pause the conversation with Dr. C to give you a little more details about this. Humans have an ancestral fear of snakes. This goes back hundreds of thousands of years. Makes sense if you think about it. A venomous bite from a snake hiding in the grass could have left our ancestors, well, dead. So a fear of snakes is a defense mechanism. And when we see a tail that looks like a snake, of course we're going to get a little freaked out. 
I am grossed out, but turns out these tails are pretty useful. Not to us, to the rats. Rats don't sweat like we do, and in fact, they can easily overheat, so their tails help them release excess body heat. And those tiny hairs that we can't see on them, well, they help rats keep their balance. Those little hairs stick to things, so it helps them, you know, cross narrow paths or climb around your house. Woo-hoo-ha! Rats can also wrap those tails around things when they are climbing or trying to balance. Those hairs help them do that. Unlike rats, possums are hairless, and that makes them susceptible to frostbite or hypothermia. That's why if you ever see an opossum with a stumpy tail, the thing likely fell off. Possums use their tail like an extra hand. Would doing the dishes be easier, in other words, if you had an extra hand? But for possums, they kind of do, and those tails are long, almost the length of his body. And it can use that long, thin, hairless, gross tail to carry things or hang from trees. They also help them swim through the water. Now back to what we usually think of when we think of hairless tails. Mice. Let me tell you about Larry, okay? <laughs> so I live in a high rise on the 36th floor and saw a mouse run through the den area one night as I was getting up getting water. How would he have gotten up there unless, and I felt like one of my neighbors might have gotten mad at me or something, something I said on the broadcast or whatever, and planted a mouse somewhere in my house. Can they get up that high and how? Yes, uh, mice are excellent at getting at the very, very tops of all buildings. And most cases, Larry, the way they accomplish that, believe it or not, is they came in a box. Mice are so small and they're the perfect stowaway. So mice get into warehouses, mice get into stores. They love to get into cardboard boxes and they'll nest in those boxes. And people without realizing it or a store makes a delivery from a warehouse, they're already hiding in a box, almost like a Trojan horse. You let them in your box, and when you go to sleep, they pop out. But they can climb, too, and they'll climb over time. They'll climb the pipes in the walls. People typically say, well, where there's one mouse, there's got to be at least a 100 others, you know, from that litter or whatever. True or, uh, true or false? That's false. Sometimes you may get one mouse that gets into an apartment or to a house. And if it's a male and you trap that animal, it's over. It's done. No more mice. Other times, if there's a female and she's pregnant, well, over a couple of weeks and months, now you're going to end up with 10 mice. Do they jump up on you? Are they aggressive like that? Help me out. 99% of the time, Larry, they, these animals do not attack us. They do not try to jump up onto us. They do not try to bite our necks and this kind of thing. However, if, if someone has food, food residues on their hands or their face and they fall asleep someplace and there is a rat nearby, sometimes the rats simply follow their noses to the food. And those are the kinds of things, if someone lays down to take a nap, you know, in an area where there's rats, like I did in my barns, when I went to sleep, if I was not clean, washed my hands from my dinner in that barn, the rats would come over and lick my fingers because I smell like food. I understand you teach a rat academy to city planners. How does that work and what are you teaching them? We have a three-day what we call boot camp. And, you know, for three days, we intensively talk about rat biology, things we're talking about now, for example, behavior, and the importance of people, residents, keeping their premises clean and so forth. So what advice do you have for people like me who are scared to death? They're just too gross. And I feel bad saying that because I love animals. You know, it's actually pretty darn simple, Larry. Smartest thing you can do is be a garbage crazy person for yourself. You know, keep everything clean. Even your garbage cans, keep them clean. Rodents follow their noses. 
Dr. Corrigan, I tell you what, you're one of the bravest men that I know, having slept with rats, having studied them as extensively as you have, but you've allayed a lot of those fears today. And I know for this podcast, you can't see it, but folks, let me describe this thing as the size of a six-foot sub. No, maybe a 12-foot sub with the tail on it. You just keep it for show and tell or what? I've had this for years, this one, because it was one of my best research pets that I kept alive for almost three years for behavior. And so when it died of old age, I just had taxidermied and I keep it around. Doc, you need some new friends. I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, thanks again for joining me. I appreciate you so much. Okay, Larry, thanks for you. And we thank you for listening to Your Weirdest Fears. I want to know your fears, so share them and you could be featured in the podcast. You can email us at yourweirdestfears at odyssey.com. There's a link in the episode description. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. Your Weirdest Fear is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Special thanks to our producers, Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilot. Andy Egan Thorpe is our audio engineer. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. Tim Scheld is the WCBS News Radio 880 brand manager. Ben Meverack is the 1010 Wins brand manager. And I'm your host, Larry Mullins. Thank you for listening.